Luke chapter number 23, Gospel of Luke chapter number 23, we're going to be looking at verses 44 uh, through 49 uh, this morning, and, and we're going to finish up this series that we've been in through the eyes. Um, we, we've looked through the eyes of many people through this series, and I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, preaching this series to you. Uh, I, I believe God has moved in such a, a mighty way, and um, so this morning I'm going to ask you to, to look through the eyes one last time as we look through the eyes of God. And, and, and I want to set the mood in, in, in a way that I hope will uh, bring God the honor and the praise that He deserves. John Irving once wrote this, I find that Holy Week is draining. No matter how many times I have lived through the crucifixion, my anxiety about His resurrection is undiminished. I am terrified that this year it won't happen, that that year, it didn't. Anyone can be sentimental about the nativity. Any fool can feel like a Christian at Christmas. But Easter is the main event. If you don't believe in the resurrection, you're not a believer. This is what another one said. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. Joseph Smith is dead. The Dalai Lama dies. Confucius, dead. Gandhi is dead. Krishna, dead. But let me tell you who is alive this morning, and his name is Jesus. And I just want to praise God for that this morning, because he is alive. And let me tell you, he is going to move in such a mighty way as we finish this. So I want us to read Luke chapter 23, looking at verses 44 through 49. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breast and returned. But all his acquaintances and all the women who followed him from Galilee, they stood at a distance watching these things. God, right now, I just pray that you would move. Lord, we've put a lot of work into the service, and God, you have ordained that. We, we truly believe that. Lord, the music was beautiful. The baptism was outstanding. The communion was a swift reminder of what you did for us on the cross. But God, right now, as we turn to the message, as we turn to what you would have us preach and what we would proclaim today, God, I pray that people would not see me, God. They would see you. The precious sight of you sending your son, Jesus, is why we're here. And Lord, we want to celebrate that. God, just for a few moments, let us be still and let us remember. And let us bring you honor and glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. And let me tell you, we can, we can rest assured today that uh, the completion... Uh, of the cross, the completion on the death of the cross brought this world an eternal hope, okay? And I don't know who needs hope today, but I want to give you some hope. You're alive, you're breathing. There's some hope. The Lord got you up this morning and brought you into church. 
there is hope. I don't, I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know uh, what kind of things you've dealt with this week or last week or the months before. Some of you I know on a personal level like that. But let me tell you, the God that we serve today, He came to give us hope. He came to give us a future. And His death on the cross did just that for us. Okay? The, the resurrection sealed the deal for eternity, for security in heaven. And all we have to do today is proclaim that Christ is Savior. Hey, that Easter morning, what greater thing could have taken place than someone realizing that they need Jesus in their life? It would be the best decision anyone could ever make. So let's take this journey. Let's take the journey one last time as we look through the eyes of God. Okay, Number one today, through the eyes of God, we can see that suffering had taken place. The suffering had to take place. As, as we look at the resurrection, as we look at the cross, as we went through the Easter story for maybe the last month or so, we've seen many trials that Jesus had when He went to the cross. We saw all these events that were lining up for this grand finale. And there were so many trials. There was so much suffering that Jesus endured for us. The trials, the suffering that He faced may have made others see who Jesus really was. The great thing about all of that is that through these trials and through that suffering, Jesus continued to show His love. He continued to show His love. His love is greater than any of the trials that you and I face. His love is greater than any of the suffering that you and I face. And many of you today, you may feel that you're suffering a bit right now. Hey, you, you may think right now that life is just terrible. Could have been you hanging on that cross. It could have been us. Well, let me tell you, because He sent His Son to die on the cross for us in our place, He gives us something that is free of charge, a free eternal gift that, that I can't buy, that you can't buy. But guess what? He gives it to us. And He says, all you've got to do is accept Me. All you've got to do is open up your heart. All you've got to do is love Me and I will love you because I first loved you. It's the suffering. Hey, the next time that we go through a trial, let's just try to understand the trials that we face is never bigger than the God we serve. The suffering that, that we have in, in life that we, that we think we're going through is never bigger than the God that we serve. It's never bigger than the suffering that Jesus had to endure. We deal with it every day. We deal with heartache each week. We deal with so many circumstances that we just can't seem to comprehend. Okay, But can I say something to you this morning? He's greater. He's greater. He conquered the grave. I don't know about you, but when I woke up this morning, I was energized and ready to go. And that doesn't happen to Thomas at 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay, 6 o'clock's early. If it's still dark outside, Thomas needs to be in bed. That's just my motto. But when I woke up this morning, let me tell you, there was a gladness in my heart. I've told you over and over again, Easter Sunday morning's like the Super Bowl for a pastor. And we don't get this opportunity much. And so I told, I told the praise team this morning that they can give me an extra 10 minutes today. Don't, don't start doing this to me until it's 10 after. Uh, because I get to preach today. It's my one time. Okay? And, and, and this is the thing. When we, when we suffer... God's there. When it's hard, God is there. 
He's greater than the trial. He's greater than the moments of despair. He's greater than the heartache. And He's greater than the cross because He overcame it in the grave. Man, I need to preach to y'all more often. That's good. As Jesus was on trial. Have you ever thought about it? God was working in the background. Have you ever thought about it like that? You know, through, through God's eyes, He knew what was taking place. He orchestrated the whole entire thing. He was in the background the whole time. As Jesus walked the streets with the cross that He would die on, God was working in the background. As Jesus' hands and His feet were pierced with nails, God was already working in the background. When Jesus died on the cross, God knew exactly what was going to take place. He knew it was going to work out. He knew what was going to take place a few days later. And He did just that. You see, it was God's plan. It was God's plan. If you're going through a trial today, I know it's hard. When you're going through suffering, I know it's hard. But you've got to trust God's plan. You've got to trust His master plan. I can't, I can't tell you what's going to happen two months from now. I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. But what I know is that my God orchestrates my life. I'll tell you, two and a half years ago when we took the plunge to plant a church, never did I think Easter Sunday morning God would bless us like this. What a step of faith. I've got some of our good friends from Grundy here today. They were there that Sunday morning that we told the church that we would be packing up. It was a hard day. We didn't know what was going to happen. But we trusted in our Savior. And we trusted that God would not only take care of them, but He would take care of us too. Because that's the God that we serve today. The God that I serve took His life on the cross for us. The God that I serve, I believe He rose again. And that is why we're here. We wouldn't be here if we couldn't celebrate that today. We would not be here today. The suffering that took place, we've got to understand that it was a greater suffering than we've ever endured in our life. Can I encourage you this morning, though? Those trials you're going through, God's already working in the background for you. You may not see Him right now. He's working in the background. That, 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 that moment that, that you just feel lonely and you feel uh, alone and you've got the depression and the anxiety that overtakes you, let me tell you, God is there with you. He's working in the background. He knows how it's going to take place. He knows what's going to get you through it. And as I, as I, as I preach it all the time, okay, if my God can save me, He can save you too. There's been some dark days in my life throughout my journey. Not many people know it, but about two and a half years ago, I went through the darkest depression of my life. We were here, we packed up, and, and we moved, and we, were, we had about seven people in the church at that time. And uh, it was tough. It was tough. And I remember one day Tiffany comes from, from home, and, and she's like, are you, are you hitting it again? I said, yeah. She says, uh, get in the car. We get in the car and we ride around. I don't know where we went. I can't even tell you where we went. But I bet we rode around for three hours. We had to get gas and we stopped and ate supper. And she looked at me and she said, Thomas, the only person that's going to get you out of this is yourself. She said, you got to look to the Savior. He's carried us this far. He's going to carry us to the end. And man, when she said that, it was like a light bulb. You know, God, God knew what he was doing when he put Tiffany in my life. 
Some of you would amen that a little louder. <laughs> uh, what a beautiful reminder that the suffering that I go through, the suffering that you go through, the suffering that Jesus went through was way greater. Way greater. The moments that we mess up and falter, <laughs> where we say we shouldn't say things or stay, He remains the constant. He remains the substitute. He died in our place. He died in my place. And He died for us. Through God's eyes, through God's eyes, it was all a perfect plan. He knew what He was doing. He knew that when Jesus was put in the tomb, that it wouldn't be the end. That, that honestly, it was just going to be a little pause in the action. Hey, do you remember when the, when the veil tore and, and, and they looked at each other at the foot of the cross and they say, this man was a righteous man. Here they were mocking him just moments earlier. Here's the people just mocking him and they were, they were even gambling on Jesus' cross. Did you get that last week? They were gambling at the foot of the cross. And then moments later they realized, oh man, that was him. That was him. Number two this morning, not only should we look at that suffering, I think, I think we've also got to look at how the cross had to be the end. That cross had to be the end. In God's eyes, the cross had to be that finish point. In Luke chapter 23, verse 46, Jesus cries out with a loud voice. And this is what he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. In that moment, Jesus spoke these words. He breathed his last breath. I can't help but imagine what this moment must have felt like. You know, we, we've looked through the eyes of so many people along the journey. We've seen through the eyes of Mary, and we, we looked at that, but through the eyes of God, this was absolutely perfect. Through the eyes of Mary, there was hurt and there was pain. Through the eyes of the disciple John, there had to be a pain in his heart. Through the eyes of some of those religious leaders, it was probably a sigh of relief because they thought they had killed the Messiah. They thought they had won the battle through the eyes of Satan. There was a victory in him that day. Okay, I'm sure he was praising, saying, Thank you. I finally proved the point. But he forgot the main point. He forgot the rest of the story through the eyes of God. He was just getting started good. Just getting started good. You see, so often we forget. We, we, we focus on the cross. And, and I'm not saying we shouldn't put our focus on the cross. But we got to put our focus on the resurrection. Well, there was a lot of people that died on the cross during that time. There was a lot of criminals that died of death. That, that's what they deserved. Do you remember the, the trial with Barabbas? Okay, Barabbas was in that place, but Jesus took his place. Okay, he kind of signed up and he said, look, I'll do it. And everybody started shouting, crucify him. Crucify him. When we look at all of this, I've got to ask you something. Is the cross enough for you? Is the cross today, is it enough for you? If nothing else goes your way for the rest of your life, is the cross still enough? To know that you can live a life and die and go to heaven, is that enough for you? 
Jesus' death on the cross meant that our sins would be forgiven. His death on the cross would help fulfill the prophecy that, that is foretold in the Old Testament. His death on the cross would fulfill what Jesus had been teaching His disciples and others around as He preached in the cities, as He preached in the temples and the synagogues and the mountainside. His death on the cross would offer you a free gift of salvation. But the question is, do you have it this morning? Do you have it? it, it are, like I, I ask this question a lot. Okay, we, we look at this whole entire thing all the time. But this is the main question that I ask when I'm witnessing to somebody else. If you died right now, where would you go? Can you answer that with a clear conscience today? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that if life ended for you in this moment, that heaven would be your future? And if you don't know the answer to that question today, that's what we're here for. That's what Cross Life Church was planted for. To see people come to life. To have a new life. And the Lord's blessed us. Amen. I look around and today and like I baptized them. Baptized them. Their life has changed. Their life has changed. Man, that person's grown up big time. God has moved and He has sprouted something amazing. And I don't know what the future holds. Got no idea. But I know I'm excited for the future. But let me tell you this if life ended for me today, and I pray to God that He keeps me on this earth a little longer, but if life ended for me right now, I know my eternal home. I tell Tiffany all the time, and she hates talking about death. If you ever want to stir that girl up to start talking about death, um, I tell her all the time, like, it's okay, you know? Like, I'm at the point of life. I'm almost 30, y'all. I'll be 30 this month, okay? Like, my midlife crisis is coming. And, and 30 years old, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, you know, I don't know if half my life is gone. You know, I drive a lot now. I don't know if something's going to happen. Riley's getting older, and as I think about Riley, I'm like, okay, what kind of world is this girl going to grow up in? But I also know the sincerity of death. Like, it can happen to anybody. I've seen, I've seen best friends die at an early age, and we never know, right? Like, we never know. And so my job is to make sure my eternal home is secure. And I, I'm so thankful that July 17th, of 2008 that I made that my eternal home. I'm so thankful that my dad was a pastor that preached the gospel to me every single Sunday morning. I'm thankful for the youth camps that I was able to be a part of and the missions camps and all of those things that I was able to travel to and the Lord would take hold of my heart. I'm so thankful for today, just a couple of months later, at 17 years old, when I felt God call me preach the gospel. I'm so thankful for that. And the question is, what's He calling you to? Is He calling you to salvation today? Is He calling you to take another step of faith? Is He calling you maybe to take a leadership role on? What is He calling you to? Because let me tell you, the Savior that died on the cross for me, it was enough. Okay, I was tired of doing life Thomas's way. 
I tried to do it that way for many, many years. As a teenager, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily the, the teenager that I wanted to be. I was always a good kid. Never did much wrong. But I was dirty inside. And the Lord took a hold of my heart. And He changed me. And He renewed me. And ever since then, my eyes have been locked on Him. Because I know what my Savior did for me. The cross had to mark the end. For Jesus, don't you see that? It had to mark the end. It had to happen. When Jesus went to the cross, it gave us life. When He went to the cross, it gave us a new love. When He went to the cross, it wasn't just for you and I. It was all for humanity. It was for the people that are sitting inside their homes today. It is for the people that are going up and down the road today. Maybe they're on their way to church. they got five more minutes to the 11 o'clock service. they got all of this going on. But the question is, was it enough? Was it enough? Was it worth it? Through God's eyes, it was totally worth it. Through His eyes, it was just the start of the gospel being carried out. Through God's eyes, the cross would be this symbol of suffering. It would be this symbol of death. And ultimately, it would be this symbol of life. Do you have true life today? Do you know the one that gives true life? I can't give that to you. I was having a conversation this week with somebody. Like, if I could accept the Lord for you right now, I would. <laughs> I would do it in a heartbeat, but I can't give you new life. Jesus Christ is the one that gives you new life. I can pray that God will give you new life. I was in here Friday afternoon, and uh, we, we had some trials with the, uh, the baptistry this week. On about the fifth trial, um, I think we got it working and, and held up good today. But I said, man, there ain't nothing else to do other than prayer walk this building. So I started touching the, the pews where people would be sitting and started walking the parking lot. And about the time I looked up, there was this airplane that was coming around. and It looked like it was going to make a big circle and land over here in the field. But instead, I look up in the sky, and there's like this little teeny tiny looking cross thing. And I was like, only God could do that. Only God could do that. And I said, Lord, during this time, you just move your spirit right here. God, and prepare me. Prepare my heart. Prepare our people's heart, the ones that would be coming, the ones that we don't even know. God, prepare them for Sunday morning. The cross had to mark the end. It had to mark the end. Number three, this is the last one we'll look at today. Through God's eyes, that grave had to be conquered. That grave had to be conquered. And, and what good would this Easter Sunday morning be if we just didn't talk about the grave? <laughs> you know, I'd be wasting my breath. It, it, if it wasn't for that grave being overcome, there wouldn't be any worship out of us this morning. If it wasn't for Jesus rising from the grave, our hope would be lost, but the Bible tells us otherwise. Go to Luke chapter 24, it's just one chapter over. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. And now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, what behold, that behold, two men stood by them in the shining, shining garments. And then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, 
Why do you seek the living among the dead? For he is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what happened. I, I love this passage so much. Not only because Jesus had defeated Satan, but he had rose from the dead. And we're told in this passage that they went. They went out and they told the disciples. Hey, listen, a few weeks ago, we were talking about through the eyes of the disciples and we saw that there was a lot of heartache. Hey, we saw one that betrayed. We saw one that denied. And these disciples are feeling empty at this point. Like they had just seen their Savior die on the cross. But I think if we really look at it hard enough, maybe these disciples were following this man all these years, but they didn't really get it and understand what Jesus meant when he said he would rise again. Maybe that was an afterthought. They were, they were grieving so bad that they forgot to go to that tomb that morning to see that he was there. But Peter was there. Hey, good old Peter, right? Like Peter's, Peter's always the one that comes to the forefront. Peter is the one that denied Jesus three times, okay? So Peter's feeling it. He's feeling it good. He's like, man, if I can just go see him one more time, if I could just make up with Jesus, if I could just say, God, I am so sorry for what I did. I told you that I wouldn't do this, but I did anyway, but I'm here now. The Bible tells us Peter goes, and when he left, he was marveling about what had taken place. He knew it. He knew what was going to happen. And it would just be a few days later that they would be sitting on the sea with Jesus. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, do you love me? Do you love me? If you love me, go feed my sheep. Go feed my lambs. Go feed the church and proclaim what I've done. I can just imagine what Peter did that day. He probably, he probably high-tailed. He probably sprinted all the way to those disciples. Like, look what I have just seen. And guess what? During that time, they probably had a hard time believing even Peter at this point. Don't you remember Thomas? Hey, old doubting Thomas. Some of you have called me that before. Uh, old doubting Thomas. Thomas needed to see the holes. He needed to see the hands before he believed it. What's it going to take for us to believe it? What's it going to take for us to understand that we serve a risen God? Let's not focus so much on the events that led up to the cross. Instead, let's focus on the cross with which our Savior died in the tomb in which He walked out of. Let's not focus so much on the times where we feel like He has left us. Instead, let's focus on the times where He has helped us. Don't focus today on the things that have went wrong in life. Instead, focus on the things that He has led us through. Because we serve a God today that makes the waves be still. 
We serve a God today that took care of his children. We serve a God today that makes a way in the wilderness. And we serve a God today that still wants us, even though we fail every single day. We can rest assured today that we serve a God that loved us so much in that moment that he sent his own son to die a death on the cross and to raise from that tomb. You see, through the eyes of God, it was His plan all along. When then this whole series we've been going through this Easter, we've seen so many different stories, so, such a spectacular story. And I'm thankful this morning that we're able to read firsthand what took place that Easter Sunday from His Word. Can you imagine Mary and the others that morning when they went to the tomb and they saw that Jesus wasn't there? Can you imagine the excitement that they must have had as they realized what Jesus had said did come true? Maybe the disciples, maybe they felt as Mary did and appeared to them and to tell them all what happened. Maybe Peter, as we just mentioned, you see, through his eyes, through God's eyes, he gave these others a hope and an assurance. And it wouldn't be long after that that Jesus would appear. And I'm sure that was a great reunion. And it wouldn't be long over in the book of Acts where Jesus would ascend into heaven to be with the Father. And he left them to do one thing. And that was preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Church, if you're a believer today, it is our duty, it is our privilege to preach the gospel. That's what cross life's all about. It's not Thomas just preaching the gospel. It's everybody taking part to preach the gospel. And I love that. He calls us to serve. He calls us to love on others. And we get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do just that. All heads bowed, all eyes closed really, really quick. Carolina, there should be a slide next. I don't know where you're at today, and I don't know where things are in your life, and I know things are crooked, and maybe maybe it hasn't been the greatest of weeks, and maybe, maybe it hasn't been the greatest of years so far. But you've got to understand that through His eyes, His plan was accomplished through the cross. He has... See, there, there's been a time where Jesus Christ rose from the grave for us. And all He's asking us to do is to give us our life. If you've never given your heart to Jesus this morning, I can't give an invitation. I can't let you leave this place without asking you, have you given it to Him? If you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to invite you during this time to do just that. We're not going to sing a song this morning. But this is what you have to do. All you've got to say is, God, I just need you in my life. I realize that I am a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead three days later. Lord, I invite you.
said that prayer for the very first time today, or maybe you said it and you meant it for the first time today, nobody looking around, could you lift up a hand? We want to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate life with you. No embarrassment. There's a God who loves you. And a God that gave his life on the cross for you. Let's see that hand. God, thank you. Maybe today you need to be like Morgan. Good old Morgan. Who comes today and just wanted life. She she knew that she had given her life to the Lord, but it was a long time ago. And she understands fully. Maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe it's you that have been saved before, but have never taken the step towards obedience for baptism. We want to invite you to do that. The water's still warm. We'll get right back in there. If that's you, we want to know. Would you come talk to us after the service? Let us know. God, thank you so much for new life. God, thank you for the moment that you gave me new life. Lord, I pray over this church body right now. God, for the one that unashamedly raised their hand this morning to said, I gave my life to Jesus. Lord, I pray for that precious soul. I pray that you move them in such a mighty way that they would be unashamed and they would tell the church what took place in their life. Lord, you, you move in that heart. Lord, I pray for the ones that just need a reminder, or maybe, maybe a rededication today that just says, I want to live for you. I want to live the gospel truth out. Use it for your glory, God. Lord, right now, I just pray that as we get ready to close this Easter service, that we would have the reminder of who you are in our life. Thank you for sending your Son to die in our place, to die in my place, the death that I should have died. But instead, you sent him as the ultimate substitute to give me a life. Lord, let us preach the gospel with boldness. Let us use it for your glory. God, what a wonderful day you've given us. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you so much for your attention today and happy Easter to you. And I hope that uh, you'll enjoy some time with family today. Uh, Tiffany and I are going to be on our way out in a little while. We're going to go visit my parents for a day or two. And haven't seen them since Christmas, so we're excited about that. Uh, but as you leave today, if you're a first-time guest, don't forget about this connection card. We want you to get your first-time guest. That, that includes my Grundy folks back there. Uh, and that will be a swift reminder of who we are. And Y'all can pray for us, but... Uh, uh, I thank you. Don't forget, if you haven't given the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, we're going to collect that. Our goal is $1,500, and uh, we're going to collect that through today. 
And so uh, you feel free to do that. Mr. Eddie Key, will you close out us for Easter?